random encounter at a broadcasting facility. A shared interest and love of all things Marvel. Excelsior! A misinterpreted program title. And behold, a podcast is born. Peter Melnick. Podcaster and comic book enthusiast. And Eddie Wilson! Upstate New York radio announcer, still with an inordinate amount of catching up to do. Peter! What are you doing? Here we go with a new episode of The Marvelists. Welcome everyone to The Marvelists, the Marvel Universe podcast. I'm Peter Melnick. And I'm Eddie Wilson. And on this episode, we are joined with no one on any tin cans and string or Skype and string or anything. We are talking about Thor, Love and Thunder. and. 29th film in the MCU. OMG. It's kind of funny that somebody pointed out this week that there is a, uh, we have 29 films in the MCU now, and there are, I believe, seven shows in the MCU. In this phase alone, we've had, okay, let's start off with, uh, what's her name? Black Widow. Mm -hmm. Then there was Shang-Chi. What else is there? Um, Black Widow, Shang-Chi, Eternals, Spider-Man, what uh, Doctor Strange, mm-hmm. and now this. Six movies, seven MCU shows. And apparently, according to somebody's uh, data about it, this phase alone, phase four, has more hours of content than I believe each of the individual phases alone. So, so phase one, phase two, phase three. This is more in one phase alone. Yeah, well, you're adding shows into the but phase. But they are, and it's a part of it. So, like, in terms of hours of content. Mm-hmm. and it, Yeah, all right, that makes kind of okay Crazy, sense. isn't I, it? I, you know, I told somebody recently I kind of lost track of phases maybe after the second one. And at that point, we were just dealing with, what, five or six movies? Boom, that's phase yeah. one. And then you go on to the next. Yeah, two or three a year. And then it's boom, 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 boom. Like, 2021, I believe, was uh, four movies? Hmm. Am I thinking? Black Widow, uh, Spidey, Shang-Chi, Eternals. Yeah, four in one year. They're going to have to bring out, and they're going to have to keep updating those T-shirts that have all the movies yeah. on the back. It's going to be continued on the front, well, draw a big arrow. Well, like, well look at, uh, what's it called, uh, uh-huh. on Disney Plus. Stop that. But look at on Disney Plus what they're doing um, in regards to the the timelines they have available on there. And it's still not a complete timeline because they do, on the American Disney Plus, we do not have Spider-Man. So no Spider-Man in there, yeah, see, or, as well as uh, the original Hulk movie. Uh, All right. So for whatever reason, the differences are, I'm not up on that, and I think I choose not to be. Well, it's, it's just it's saying the timeline, you know, of watching in the sequential order. Yeah. That's, so that, I get that. And okay. I, I, as I've said in the past, I can't do that. Like, for me, no. it's uh, release order. I've attempted. I have attempted. I think I got up to... Uh, because in my, my watch through, I was going with uh, Agent Carter, and I just tapped out halfway through season one, or enough season two. Mm, okay. So I I couldn't do the uh, the timeline order, but I've heard nothing but good things about it because it does enhance it. You know. Well, somebody had told, and speaking of time, had told me that in preparation for seeing Love and Thunder, they watched Thor Ragnarok and. Yeah, this is a sequel to that, which goes back to, what, 2017. So taking them out of sequence in a way, not in the order that they were released, could be helpful to help you remember 
who the characters were from something previous and that you may be seeing again that only appeared in this case in Ragnarok. Right. And in regards to this movie, uh, we're going to be talking about Thor, Love and Thunder. So if you do not want the movie to be spoiled, turn this episode off. If you, you know, voluntarily turn this on and you still want it to be spoiled, you're an idiot, but hey, more power to you. Well, no, we love you. We think you're adorable, and that, that shirt looks great on you. But in regards to this movie, honestly, it, it's a very divisive film. I've heard some people going on saying they really love it, some people saying they really hate it. Personally, I'm in the middle of the road. I thought it was an okay movie at best. Not the greatest thing I've ever seen, so it's... It's a good movie for what it is. Is it going to live up to Ragnarok? No. In my opinion, Ragnarok was the superior film. And again, some people out there, they're complaining about Taika Waititi's take on uh, Marvel with Thor. Ugh, so much comedy. Too much comedy. I don't like this. It's got to be a serious movie. We had two serious Thor movies, mm-hmm. one of which really sucked. But <laughs> it, it's... You want me to say the M word? Yeah, no. Is that what you're saying? I reread the MacGuffin? back of my I reread the back of my trading card and like, oh yes, he readily knows the name of the villain. He in- sure does. <laughs> Malekith. And, and by the way, I love that on our show we can say, I looked at the back of my trading card and it's a sentence that makes perfect sense if you know us. <laughs> but the the whole issue of this movie with the comedic tone, I'm fine with it. But I understand why some people may not. I think it's less of a comedic tone than Ragnarok because it seemed over the top for me. I was not sure how to react to it. I don't think that there was as much of it in Love and Thunder. Well, my my one thing that I had seen somebody recently complain about was you have the subplot of Jane Foster having cancer. To comedic effect? No, they weren't doing comedic effect. And not just that. You can do a movie. Anything can be made a joke of or have a comedic tone to it. Cancer can have a comedic tone to it, as evident with the, uh, what's his name, Seth Rogen and, uh, I forgot, Joseph Gordon-Levitt movie about Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character having cancer. You can do that. You can have things like that, a comedic take, because guess what? The people that are dealing with that, they have to find a way to find humor in everything. And if you're, I guarantee you, on the internet, there are memes shared by people who have had cancer, and they're sharing their experience trying to do that. So you have a humorous take with this. Mm-hmm. So to hear, oh, how dare you do that? Well, first off, stop clutching your pearls. You know, what's her name? Uh, Batman's mother is not going to be anywhere near here. <sighs> why did I say that name? That's why I, I don't know why I say that name. But, you know, it's the whole, the whole thing with that. I thought it was a good choice for a subplot to have in here. And it's, it's not overall the focal point of the story. I know that leading up to this with the trailer and so on that we find out, yes, we're getting Natalie Portman back in as Jane Foster and as not Lady Thor, but that was one of the monikers thrown out in the movie. But what I didn't expect to and, and kind of wondered was why throw the cancer element into here? You know, people, it's I it's think... in the source material. Then that's why. Because I didn't, I wasn't aware. Yeah, the Jane Foster uh, run of the character through uh, Jason Aaron was, uh, that's why she gets it. She becomes that because of that. Although one thing I really wanted to see was her originally grabbing the hammer and with the whole discovery. Although then you do that, you know, you showing her being worthy kind of ruins the reveal of when she does show up and is in front of Thor. Mm, yeah, yeah. 
So it, it's one of those double-edged swords or double-edged hammers. Uh-huh. I but, just had hope that with the fact that if she as if she stayed in the persona of Thor, she could have lived. She would be cured, healthy. No, because you know? then w- when you think about it like this, it's like the equivalent of you remember the character of the mask by, played by Jim Carrey. Yeah, which yep. is also, by the way, a comic book from Dark Horse Comics. Mm-hmm. But when he wears the mask, he becomes this over-the-top kind of thing. You take the mask off, and he's plain Stanley Ipkiss underneath. Mm-hmm. That's right. So it makes perfect sense for her to still be frail as you know, while uh, she's you know, as uh, Thor, and then gets rid of it and becomes you know again frail and sickly. So, okay, I, so it makes sense. Well, as soon as you said frail, then I go back to the original origin of Thor. As the yes, doctor, the lame, Donald Blake, Don, lame, the, yep, needs a cane to walk, boom, you go. I mean, that even... No, Krakow, you know, with the lightning and right. thunder. And th- exactly. But what I thought of also, too, was with that cane and uh, banging it against a rock, I just got a religious and Moses sense about that. Because in the Old Testament, uh, Moses took the stick and banged it against the rock and water flowed out. Dwayne Johnson got hit? I guess... That's the way you want to go with it. If you smell what the rock is cooking. But in regards to uh, this movie, like I said, you know, it's very much a middle-of-the-road Marvel movie for me. It's not, it is not the worst. There's a lot of stuff in this movie that I really liked. And let's get to the biggest one of them all, the soundtrack. When the Guardians of the Galaxy made their first appearance, I thought we were going to get something that would be on the awesome mix or on Star-Lord Zune. Wasn't the case. As a matter of fact, the band now associated with Thor is one of my all-time favorite groups ever, Guns N' Roses. We got five Guns N' Roses songs, I believe, in this movie. Five, I think, would be a bit of a uh, extreme. I, I think it's Because only... we had Welcome to the Jungle, Sweet Child of Mine, Paradise City. It might have been four, because then number three, or number four was uh, November Rain off of Use Your Illusion, Illusion 1. one. Mm-hmm. But, so we did get four. Yeah. Four for Thor. That's very cool. And, that's, and for it's four, four, Thor four. So and that I think is essentially half the soundtrack from what they listed in the it, uh, yeah, ending it, credits. And but, you know, I was joking with uh, Eddie when I was joking with Eddie as well as my friend CJ about it. But when I ended up uh, listening to the Guns N' Roses greatest hits afterwards, I'm like, I'm listening to the Thor soundtrack. Ha ha ha. Yeah, they got a little more material than that. Oh goodness. no doubt. But it's just, it makes me laugh that this is a Guns N' Roses themed movie with the soundtrack and. It's very evident that Guns N' Roses at least played a very heavy part because when you end up looking, there's two things. When you end up looking in one of the uh, young, the young uh, New Asgardians rooms, you see an Appetite for Destruction poster hanging up on the wall, as well as the, uh, what's it called? One of the children is named Axel. Axel. Mm-hmm. So come on, you know, and where's Slash? Uh-huh. Or maybe Buckethead? Uh-huh. But... And another comment, by the way, was, oh, we should have, you know, somebody was joking as they said it, like very sarcastically, but they should have put in some Chinese democracy because uh, that album isn't very good. To which I say, ladies and gentlemen, Chinese democracy from 2008, the best buy exclusive album in North America is a, by the way, sorry for the microphone hit, but it is an underrated album. I'm a diehard Guns N' Roses fan, so uh, I know my stuff here. And let's just say if they did there would have been some phenomenal songs to put in there specifically better which is a great song and if it wasn't your stuff you would come right out and say it and go that's not my stuff exactly okay but i think though going real quick back to to ragnarok when that was coming out i think people had high expectations of what no, it needed would, to be i would say and they, they were you know and it's outside of the comedic stuff was more met than than not or think, or it got to where it kind of needed to be as opposed to this now, Love and Thunder, when you said about the, you know, 
similarity and difference between overall intent and, and theme. I, and, yeah. I think overall with uh, Thor Ragnarok, the p- expectations people had with it were not really there because Thor The Dark World was a terrible movie in the MCU. And everyone, you know, had no expectations towards what could be next. Mm-hmm. Except, you know, the hardcore fans of Taika Waititi, you know, knowing him for his work for What We Do in the Shadows, among many other things. And they knew, yes, we're going to be getting something good. And it's funny because the reaction to this movie in the last few weeks has been, again, just very hit or miss. Some people, again, really love this movie. Some people really hate it. And if you go on Rotten Tomatoes right now, the uh, score, I believe, was a 65% fresh. Dangerously close to hitting the rotten levels, although... The rotten level, yeah. Yeah, so whereas, you know, a certain movie... That begins with an E in the MCU is mm. currently residing in there in the rotten category. The only one, by the way, which is very interesting to see. But with this movie, some people have been very, uh, very critical towards it, and I get that. It's and again, it's. Uh, I would say, truth be told, the reaction I've been seeing more towards this movie is towards the negative. And again, I liked the movie when I saw it. Is it going to be in my top, you know, top pantheon? No. But I enjoyed what I saw. Well, how many would you qualify as being a pantheon? pantheon. What, what number? I well, uh, seven. I would I say five. You know, because a pentagram. Okay. So five pentapan, pan, p, like my name. I thought pantheon was an a, not an e. Okay. P. But I know, I know it's pan. I know p a n, but pan and pen. For, so with the letter p for five. Vanna, I need a vowel. I'll buy it. Sorry, Vanna's not here. Okay, that's what I thought. You have me in a nice tight dress. Well, I, yeah. Ugh. Um, Even I'm saying it. There's another. There's another rotten tomato You're, for sure. No. How what, dare you, sir? What I saw here was an approval rating of 68 percent. The average was it 68? The average. It rating, might have been. Yeah, the the average rating 6.6 out of 10. Yeah, and based on 316 reviews. And that again, that's fine. You know, I. To be completely honest, I said this to my. You know, afterwards, I'm like, you know. I did go in with high hopes for this movie based on my reaction to Ragnarok. And it's funny because with this movie, the reaction, critically especially, Taika Waititi responded by saying something to the effect of, uh, well, I knew uh, people were really going to love Ragnarok. (laughs) So, or he goes, I think, I I expected it again, again to be like Ragnarok where everyone would love it. So. Well, that was part of what, now I see a quote here from Rotten Tomatoes that in some ways Thor Love and Thunder feels like Ragnarok Redux, but overall it offers enough fast-paced fun to make this a worthy addition to the MCU. I think it is. I, I agree, and again, but again, is is this your favorite of all the MCU movies? It's Would hard you... to tell because with more with more of a recent film like this, not getting more than one or perhaps two before we do a review in any given movie review, it's hard to, I think, um, you know, get take it all in and see things because with every movie viewing, you'll get more out of it. You'll notice other things that weren't there before, yeah. or you know, or you're hallucinating. No, I'm kidding. No substances involved in movie reviews by the Marvelous. That is true. At L and so on and so on. And like I said, I I enjoyed what I saw with this movie, but let's get into the meat and potatoes of the movie overall. You know, right off the bat, we see that in this, Thor attempts to find inner peace, but must return to action. And of course, everybody wants a piece of the action. Valkyrie, but that's Def Leppard. No, that's Sweet Eddie. 
the band. So everybody. Okay, Def Leppard remade it then. Oh, they did, yeah. I'm, I'm a little bit. I'm a little bit versed in the deaf. I'm a little bit country. Recruiting <laughs> Donnie and Marie now, recruiting Valkyrie Korg and Jane Foster, who is now the Mighty Thor, to stop Gore the God Butcher from eliminating all gods. And you had a downer sort of kind of thing, and I guess you're not really alone as to what usefulness, if nothing else, that Gore played. It bummed me out because it's yeah. like he is a great villain, and you have Christian Bale, a fantastic actor, yeah. and I feel like he wasn't used to his fullest potential, mm-hmm. which, you know, again, he if it continues a trend in the MCU that I'm kind of tired of killing off a character because they don't know this when the movie comes. Like when they're working on the movie, they don't realize, oh, crap, people are really going to like this character. Mm-hmm. So I feel like this character should have been given more of another chance. And now, you know, until something actually happens, it can't happen. And I think in part, though, this character of Gore, Christian Bale portrays, I, he does a good job of it uh, at its outset. But but really, I think coming down to it, it's like, well, he's not a villain. He's just misunderstood type of a yeah, possible no, I... scenario because his daughter died. He, he believed in this God and was laughed at. She, You know, the daughter dies, although full circle when we get to the end of it, it's another story. Now, I didn't realize also, by the way, that uh, his daughter is named Love. I don't know if that was said. Maybe it was in the beginning, but... I didn't notice that. Just a really kind of... Th- yeah, in fact, I just don't know if that was the right wording to say that Gore and his daughter Love struggle in a barren desert. Well, love that's always struggles, starts. Eddie. But that, that's not a struggle. You're in a desert, and you're, you know, getting wind burn, and oh, the sun coming down, and your skin is blotchy and, and blistery sun, and so on. Sunburn is the worst, Eddie. As you show us your sunburned well, show you. Well, yeah. I'm projecting. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Blech. And uh, what is it? The God's name is Rapu, if I'm saying it correctly, R-A-P-U. Um, so his faith is white. No more. Out. Faith is, n- oh, that's epic. It <laughs> truly, truly is, doesn't it's it? It's easy like a Sunday morning. Don't. That's another cover. Thank I know. you very much. Commodore's cover. Good 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 cover by the way. Ooh. You got that part. I know you did. From Easy. Like Sunday morning. Whoa. Correct. Uh, was... Remember that review where we were told we just do insufferable dad jokes? Oh no no no. Good no. times. Uh, buy, the, think... buy the t shirt, by the way. That's nice. I think there was some discussion, commentary about the appearance of Gorm and making him too much like Oh, and now I'm blanking out on who he was looking at because of his, you know, transformed and very white appearance. That he not be as there's somebody much... he looks like, and I want to see if you're in agreement with me. Bill and Ted's bogus journey, death. I I couldn't tell you. You don't remember what he looks like in that? I didn't see Bill and Ted. <laughs> it's the second Bill and Ted movie. He looks like death. Basically, the uh, what's his name? I'm gonna I'm gonna remember the name of the director afterwards, but uh. Mm-hmm. Just like the very Swedish kind of, you know, interpretation of death where he's just a bald, uh, pale guy in a black robe. Lord Voldemort, sorry. Yes, Harry yes, Potter. of course. Well, that kind of style. But that he was lo- the resemblance. He looks like you. that kind of thing. And it's it's very uh, cheesy. And I thought a lot of people were complaining that it doesn't look like the portrayal in the comics. And it's like, dude, it's a character that's, you know, been in five issues of a comic book. And I yeah, don't so, think he's come back since. So yeah. it doesn't matter. Like, you can change it up. It's fine. That's why, like, 
unless it's such an iconic looking costume like if you you know take away what electro looks like yeah it's going to be kind of shitty you know whereas like let's make them blue for some reason you know yeah instead of the con- traditional yeah. electric yellowish type stuff and green and green as far as the costume yeah so like I get that, but like Gore the God Bush, you're you're really gonna complain like, oh, it doesn't look like what it did. Who cares? Oh, I know why. Because of the song by Ice House, Electric Blue. It's a good song. I'll tell you what. Boo. Blue. Boo. No blue. <laughs> Electric blue. Yeah, it's a good song. Had a boy, Eddie Hong mm-hmm. Good eighties stuff. This show is brought to you by our Patreon. Go to Patreon.com/slash/TheMarvelists. And on the $3 tier, you'll get access to episodes early and ad-free. The $5 tier gets you our two bonus shows. One, Fantastic Voyage, where we dissect and just talk about the 102 issues, one by one, although if it's a storyline more than one at a time, of Stan Lee and Jack Kirby's amazing, incredible, spectacular, invincible, and fantastic run of the Fantastic Four, the world's greatest comic magazine. And two... You haven't read that? A show dedicated to the comic books that I haven't read yet. Some Marvel, some DC, all fun. And on the $8 tier, pick a topic of your choosing, not a topping of your choice. Or perhaps you can be a guest on The Marvelists. Above all else, we thank you for your continued support. So there's Gore. What is it good for? Absolutely nothing. Say it again now. No. Gore. What it is. Okay. The new king of Asgard, as we know, is Valkyrie. Jamie Alexander returns as Sif. And it's funny because a lot of people were talking about her return. You know, maybe she could do her own movie. And I feel like at this point, if they do that, they're literally just going back and giving every single character a movie. Not everybody needs their own spinoff. Like, there doesn't need to be a Thor spinoff for the moment. If anything, give Korg a spinoff. I don't care. But just the idea, like, we can do a Sif story. Sure. I'd prefer Heimdall, which, by the way, spoilers at the end of the uh, movie, the post credit Mm. scene. By the way, your theater, did anybody leave? Before the po- before the credits, I, I was sitting dead center. Thank you for that. You're welcome. And in the how theater. was the acoustics, by the way, on that? The per- sound mixing. Just fine. Told you. Just right fine. The, not usually, a problem. Usually I, in the middle, it's always the sweet spot. They end up programming the sound systems right for the middle. Well, I don't. Ha- I really can't say I've noticed any difference if I'm sitting other than in the center. Well, never the mind. middle middle aisle, middle row, whatever. I did not see at least anybody in front of me leaving until all the credits were done. Just, I said, it, "Where? Look how far we've come." For you know, as soon as. The last scene of a movie and the credits start rolling. People are up and out of their seat and out of the theater. What I end up doing usually is I end up going on uh, like after the movie ends. Cheat. You know, start right when the movie start or right when the movie ends. The credits roll. I end up going online looking. Is there a post credits or mid credits? Because I'm like I I don't want to stay for the whole thing. Like when I went to go see the Batman, I was already in there for two hours. <laughs> Three bathroom breaks by the way for it. I don't care anymore. And I you know I walk out. I'm You're like there for more than two. It was more like two and a half, two oh, and three dude, quarters. It, I ended up looking up the. Uh, was there a post credits for the Batman? And when I saw, nope, there's just literally a text on a screen. I'm like, well, what does the text say? Okay, good enough. I'm gone. <laughs> because like, I'm it's so- over. I'm it's so- finally over. Hey, it's a good movie. It's just long. Yeah. yeah. But which is why, by the way, a lot of people out there were talking about this movie. 
it's got a short runtime compared to most of what the MCU is, and it's a breath of fresh air in that sense. But it moved along, I think, overall pretty well. I don't know that I was even thinking about, all right, how far into this are we? I kind of was. Going? I kind of was. Like, there were moments I'm checking my watch, you know, like, eh, is this almost over? Because I feel like that this movie, other than the mid credit scene, which we will get to later, not really much happened in this. It's not like that key of a thing, you know? Like, oh, now we have this new character who we'll be talking about momentarily, but, yeah, I don't know. Well, I don't know for what it was. Again, just just shy of a full two hours, like a minute short of that. And like, for example, the character of Jane, we we find out where she's at and what going to and seeing the the shattered Mjolnir under 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 a dome, but it can uh, and reanimates. And that was a kind of a neat thing. And then likewise, how in at least one fight scene where it could be broken apart to help uh, fight off, you know, an enemy. Like all those an little pe- like all those little pieces are their own weapon. Well, what so. I liked about seeing the visual interpretation of how uh, Mjolnir looks in this movie with the broken part, I like seeing that the merchandising for this, they have the broken hammer and they have the glowy part to it. I like that. Mm-hmm. I think it's it's such a it's aesthetically pleasing and I don't know, there's just something about it that works for that. Um, I don't know if you had seen it, but they ended up doing a popcorn container for this mm-hmm. in the shape of Mjolnir. And our uh, AMC theater was sold out by 4 o'clock, which was like, holy shit. <laughs> like, that's fast in regards to a sellout for these things. Although you could get them on uh, – there was an AMC uh, site. Because now they're realizing people actually want these things, the uh, popcorn containers, the collectability of them. I ended up getting the Doctor Strange one. That one was cool. It was like the little – like the hand thing. I'm doing the – Oh, is that – Yeah. <laughs> No, I can I can. I look like a shitty mime, <sighs> but you know it's it's neat to see some of that stuff. And to be honest, a lot of people out there who go to these movies do want to get this stuff. They're like, hey, you know, I if I really like this character, I want to get that. So pay through the nose for it, and you've got a you nice can, souvenir. You can uh, well, still, it's what do you expect? They're, that's um, how they get it back. <laughs> you get a popcorn in there, and you've seen how much popcorn is. So it's technically a twenty dollar prop with a twenty dollar popcorn. <laughs> For thirty bucks, perhaps if you're lucky, I suppose. I saw the uh, Thor one. I was like, I kind of want that, and then I'm like, eh, I don't care enough about Thor to want that. You but know, aftermarket or currently now, there would be another. Oh, they go up in price afterwards. Like well, I'm saying for for the uh, shattered Rolling Stone song, Hammer as well. There's another way to to sell another Mjolnir, and just like as we both attended the Garden State Comic Fest, I saw a couple of Stormbreakers going around, <laughs> and they go for a lot of money. And that's, that's why you um, want. Yeah, 140 do I really want to spend that? Hey, Eddie, it's going for 400 online. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, but I don't have the upgraded Thor costume to go with it, so I think we have to uh, take a pass. <gasps> well, then again, you are the one that goes, oh, I can't get you know uh, the Infinity Gauntlet. That's too much for me. Now, if you'll excuse me, I have to walk away with my gigantic shield, Milner, and Iron Man helmet. <laughs> Ran out of arm room and hands. There you go. Got to draw the line somewhere. Well, you can... Wait, so... You can hold the hammer and shield with the the infinity gauntlets on, yes, and with the power of my mind, also. And you can and you can put you know the Star Lord helmet around your leg or something. I don't know. Who? Legendary outlaw. Pew pew. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Okay. I love that that became a thing. By the way, on our show, the pew pew. I think you started it and, yeah, and you know nurtured yeah, it, got, it. So got now stuck. it's just, uh-huh. it's infected me as well. Uh-huh. It's exactly so. 
Um, the fun, you know, funny as it was, and you kind of empathically feel for it, is Thor talking to Mjolnir and Stormbreaker. No, Storm, as if the Stormbreaker you know, one was the one that got me because it was like a jilted lover, and every yeah. single time it just came by back into sequence. I thought. Of all things, and it came into into the camera angle slowly. In the, the shot in the MCU, we have the uh, what's it called? We have the cloak for Doctor Strange, and it is its own personality. Whereas even for Thor, he's got enchanted items that have personalities, and I love that. Mm-hmm. And I would love to see because it could happen down the line. They've you know had encounters before with each other. Why not see Doctor Strange? have his cloak meet Stormbreaker and Meow Meow. Well, okay, sure. And speaking of Meow Meow, the or the uh the or uh the person who originated the phrase, the character of Cat Denning. Mm-hmm. Well not Cat Denning, but her oh. character. Which was G- um uh, she came back into the Juju movie also. Fruit, yes. Juju Fruit what? Darcy Lewis. The fact that, you know, Darcy is the one who is the you know originates that and she makes a quick little cameo in the movie was nice to see and again I'm glad that she's doing more stuff in the MCU I loved her character in the uh, original Thor movies and to see her continue you know bring her back full time again after WandaVision is yep. great yep yeah a significant part in, in WandaVision too that, that was very good and again you wouldn't expect to see her back to be completely honest like I always you know you associate these characters with certain ones and it kind of ties it back over to the comics you look at Rick Jones the Forrest Gump of the Marvel Universe, and he ends up being a part of the... Like, he's introduced through the Hulk, somehow becomes a conduit of Captain Marvel, ends up being Bucky for a brief period of time. In a lot of ways, Rick Jones is the Marvel equivalent of Jimmy Olsen. Because Jimmy Olsen has many wacky misadventures, and he's just a normal Joe. Mm, okay. okay. And by the way, if you have the opportunity, ladies and gentlemen, I cannot recommend enough... The uh, Jimmy Olsen run by uh, Matt Fraction and Steve Lieber. So go check that out over at the Distinguished Competition. Other characters to make mention of, of course, Russell Crowe as Zeus. And I really didn't believe, and I was correct in not believing, that he was killed by the lightning. I didn't by his even own lightning know he bolt. was sick, ladies and gentlemen. I didn't say died. I meant killed. I mean, knocked off, Did, dead. When I saw him showing up as the character of Zeus, my, I, my initial reaction was, is, is that Russell Crowe? And, like, there was so much, like, makeup and everything on him. I'm like, no, oh, that is Russell Crowe. So it was appreciated It was appreciated seeing the DCEU's Zod show up in the uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yet, once again, another person being traded in the cinematic football teams. We've got, you know, Lauren, uh, Larry Fishburne, who was formerly Perry White. We've got uh, mm. Zeus as, you know, for, the former Zod. Who else do we got? I'm blanking right there. I'm waiting for the inevitability. Like, a lot of people out there want to see it happen and sign me up for it, but Henry Cavill would make a great Captain Britain. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. It could happen. Some people have suggested him, and I'm personally also in the camp of another character, Cyclops. For Henry? Yeah. He would be good. He'd be (laughs) really good. Yeah, I think so. He's got the chin. He's got the eyes. He's only got eyes for you, Eddie. Hey, that's a little bit much. Um, the other character to uh, make mention of, or, 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 excuse me, the crazy, I think, laughing or angry goats. 
Thor's magical goats identified they, here. Uh, they were a bit much, but I loved the hell out of them. But they were based on North mythological animals. Yeah. Whose names I will not attempt to pronounce, but they, in the movie purpose, are Tooth Nasher and Tooth Grinder. That's what we're told. I, I don't know one from the other, but there you go. I really love those characters, and I thought it was so... Just every single time they would be brought back, you know, mentioned again, or just have them go... Aah! That's pretty close. I'm scared about that. But, Thank you. Okay. I, I uh, double my life as a uh, screaming goat. There were... I, I, had noted, I had read and found out, didn't realize, that Jeff Goldblum and Peter Dinklage were both possibly going to reprise their roles as a Grandmaster. And oh, boy, I can't wait to see uh, Jeff Goldblum going... Oh. Goldblum. Ha, ha. But apparently they did do scenes and they were cut. Oh, that's a shame. You know. That's a shame. We wouldn't, you know, have a ha, 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 We would ha, no longer ha, have had a tie. I, you know. I'm, I'm good. I'm incredibly good. So I you're, like, welcome. you're welcome. I like Jeff Goldblum, but he's a bit much, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> like, watch the, uh, go on Disney Plus, Eddie, you have Disney Plus, watch The World According to Jeff Goldblum. You will want to strangle him by the third episode. <laughs> We had oh, a very, shoes. <laughs> we had a very good dose of him in Ragnarok, and that was great. And we I'm got a grandmaster, with, and that was fine. I'm fine with small doses, but my God, that show killed that man for me. Just a ha 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 ha. I am spared that then, oh, and I yeah, do you think are. I do think though that the representation of the character of Eternity was well done. That was the coolest visual interpretation of the character I've ever seen, and I'm I don't so f- I glad. I haven't seen any before, so, I mean, this was really, really well, cool. Well, technically, we had Eternity. Maybe that whole thing of, you know, where, what's her name, is cutting through at the end of Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Clea, yes. Yeah, Clea cutting through, and you're seeing that. That's what I thought it was. It's so- such a really cool-looking visual. Piece and of Eternity. Again, did you expect to see, in the year of our Lord 2022, Eternity show up on the screen from the Marvel Universe? I didn't. That wasn't on my bingo card. No. And then, and at one of the uh, Comic Cons that I had last gone to out in Uncasville, Connecticut, Terrificon, I Which, didn't ex- by the way, is going to be taking place this July 29th through the 31st at the Mohegan Sun Casino. That is correct. Terrificon, Connecticut's only Terrific Comic Con. Thank you, Mitch. You're welcome. Your name's not Mitch. You're just thanking him, me for him? Sure. Okay. The character of the Tribunal. Oh, yeah. Was a cosplayer, and I said, are you kidding me? I, again, I love when there's It deep, was great, in other words. There's deep-cut costumes, and they work so damn well. The, sorry, the Living Tribunal. Yeah. Let's make it correct. I, I got you, Eddie. Yeah, but we didn't. I didn't say it correctly. Oh, so. no. What will the sponsors think? And then we get to the end. I think. I don't know if there's any more uh, characters to uh, get into or whatever, but we do have, again, the... Mid-credit scene of Zeus recuperating from we I thought dying, and his son Hercules, who played. Uh, who's the one who plays him? By the way, because I know him through the show Ted Lasso, and he is a phenomenal actor. So to be able to see him join the MCU, he was the like. I did not have this scene spoiled for me. Thank God. Shout out to our buddy uh, the Jer Necessities. They ended up messaging me about it, and they said, "Hey, there's a uh, scene." Can I talk to you about it? I know you haven't seen the movie. I'm like, really don't want to talk about it. He goes, they go, no problem. We will talk about it at a later time. And okay. It's Brett Goldstein. Brett Goldstein, the yep. actor? That's what it says. Zeus's son, Hercules, Hercules in the mid credit scene. Wait. No, I thought it was like Ray something. Brett Goldstein. Let's see. Ted Lasso cast. <laughs> 
Brett Goldstein? Well, no. Oh, yeah, Brett Goldstein. I, I, I said it was Roy Kent. Roy Kent is the name of the character on Ted Lasso. You, said, you started um, with Ray, and then you went to Roy? It's Roy, and, but Roy Kent is the character he plays on Ted Lasso, and it's now, oh, no. It's like me walking up to uh, Brian Cranston and calling him Walter White. Uh, no. But, yeah, no. But in all seriousness, uh, Brett is a phenomenal actor, and it's great to see him join the MCU. And he, it's it's funny. When you see an actor playing one of these characters from the comic book pages and seeing them come to life in, you know, our world, he is the living embodiment of what Hercules looks like. And that's it's impressive. And speaking about playing characters, how about the little scene where we got the Thor actors again, including Uh, Matt Matt Damon, Sam Neill, uh, Luke Helmsworth and also Melissa McCarthy as Hela. Again, seeing that was such a uh, kick to see. And it's, a, you know, our audience that we saw it with, they got a real big kick out of seeing Matt Damon just show up again, yeah. Matt Damoning it up mm-hmm. on the big screen. And by the way, again, this is now the third time he's played Loki. The very first time was in the movie Dogma in 1999 by Kevin Smith. Is that right? Yeah. I'll take your word for That's it. That's Loki. I didn't see it, so I'm taking your word for it. Well, I'm not LeVar Burton. That I know. Sir. That I know, sir. Fine. 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 About as fine as these hairs on Jean Grey that I'm doing for you on this side. So I got one hand in my pocket. And the other is giving a high five. Around your neck. How dare you, sir? (laughs) Just to break up the action. Okay. Well, everybody wants... Oh, we already did that. So for the first weekend, 143 million kids, uh, United States and Canada. And it's it's very impressive to see that these movies, they're... This is, I believe, the fifth uh, highest uh, grossing one for the MCU, like opening weekend, from what I had heard. I think so, yes, yes. So to be able to hear that kind of stuff with the MCU, that it's still, there, there is no fatigue, and I'm glad of that. And yet, at the same time, it's, it's a telling sign of maybe the uh, reaction, you know. They got to, like, do a little bit more quality control. Again, I thought the movie was fine. For what this is, it's a solid three out of five. I'm not sure the believability of, well, at the end, when it's love, the girl, daughter, character, and Thunder, meeting Odin's son, Thor. You know, By Odin's beard. Ready to do battle. You know, they're both imbued with powers. And I didn't know how much, how believability factor I wanted to hold in the fact that all these kids, you know, got a temporary dose of power to help, um, you know, get themselves rescued away from gore, et cetera, out of the cage they were in or, you know, the location that they were they were at. And Thor, of course, being able to uh, project, I guess, and not physically be with those kids, including Axel. But but I was saying, these kids have the, have power all of a sudden? Uh, yeah, I'm not sure. Would How did you feel about the fight at the end with Thor, Jane, and Gore? Well, I think we knew that when we found out that Mjolnir, the, the the hammer, the shattered hammer, was killing Jane, and she really needed to not take that up again. I mean, or I was definitely. What you think of the quality of the fight? But we, I'm leading up to that oh. part. But I think we knew that yes, she was going to be a part of it. Um, I don't really think I had a problem with it. It felt very anticlimactic. I don't know, like there. It... Well, you knew how part of it was going to end, meaning the end of Jane. Back in the day when uh, X-Men Apocalypse came out, I used to always jokingly say, he just disappeared for halfway through the movie, and I forgot Apocalypse was the villain. 
And then I watch the movie again. I'm like, oh, no, he had like a good amount of time in the movie. Okay, that's fine. I'm watching this movie. I kind of forgot halfway through Gore was the villain. Um, like he just disappears for a little bit of time and it's like so long that he's there and then he finally shows up. It's like, oh yeah. Like I feel like in a movie like this, you should be building up that villain, showing the ominousness and what the character is meaning. Not a lot, but like do little hints and drips and drabs. It's so just you he wanted, disappears for a long time. You wanted more gore. Exactly. That's what well, it was. 100%, sir. Ugh. More gore. You have to go to the store. Put a chainsaw on your arm and see what happens. When it comes to uh, exploiting myself, I'm a massive whore. Uh, but, you know. Oh, whoa, whoa. I'm glad you did a partition between us I here. I sure Jeez. did. <laughs> but, you know, it's funny because a lot of these characters, you know, they get decent buildup. You look, like, I feel like the buildup for Adrian Toomes throughout the movie of Spider-Man Homecoming is there. You're building that character up. You're, you know, a sense of foreboding what's going to be happening with this character. And just, again, a complete drop in showing, as I hit the microphone, a, a drop, again, again, a drop in the character being there. It just feels a little funky, you know? Yeah, but poor Korg, now that it, I finally rang a bell, that he gets busted up except for his face. Well, I'm just glad he found true love what? right at the very end. I'm so proud of Korg. <laughs> And like Dino said, everybody loves somebody sometime. Dean, yes. welcome back. <laughs> he's uh, in the room. If I even, oh, and so is Jerry. Didn't see that coming. <laughs> nice lady. But, you know, a lot of people are talking about this movie, just the uh, sense of, is it good or not? I thought it was okay. It's not the be-all, end-all, but hey, they're off to a, uh, it was, it would you like to see a Marvel movie this weekend? Yes. Watch this and have a good time. It it's very much a uh, middle of the road movie. Don't expect though to be blown away. Don't expect. Don't be like me and expect it to be another Ragnarok. Please don't you know? be like him. <laughs> but you know it's it's very much uh, it's a good movie, just not the greatest. Although I'll say it like this with gore. I was very disappointed in the sense of he's just there. He's just a villain, but no... But he wields no the valid. Necro Sword. I mean, you know, we well, may need a little history oh boy, of that. Oh, boy, that and $5 gets you a cup of coffee. I wonder if the Necro Sword can uh, translate over into the Black Knight character, maybe. I don't think they're going to do a Black Knight thing now. Like, oh, no? Dude, Eternals did so bad in terms of like reaction. Like It's kind of just been pushed to the side, and that's a shame because... He can come out and say... I'm the only one that survived Eternals. Maybe. I don't know. There, there, Into battle! There's so much that we could do with this, but yeah. we'll see what happens. Let's give that a bow wrap thing yep. like you like to say. So, overall for me, a uh, solid three, and a half, or three out of five. You? Four! Of course, because we have to go one up over me every time. Four rhymes with Thor. Boo. You know, yeah, it's it worked. It was a good movie. Go out and see it. If you... But I'll say this. Feel free to use the Wi-Fi. The the thing about it, if you know people that have not seen it, I think we're all in agreement. Just wait till Disney Plus, if anything, you know. Wait, like, I think two, three months. It'll be on there. You It'll be, it. yeah, soon, like uh, Multiverse of Madness was a pretty uh, quick turnaround, you I know, think. You know, once it comes to a streaming platform, then everyone will all of a sudden have an opinion about it. Just like every movie that comes to a streaming platform, they all of a sudden become Gene Shalit, you know. It happens. It's so annoying. <laughs> anyway. It's, it's a thing. It sure is. Clobbering time. For The Marvelists, I'm Peter Melnick. And I'm Eddie Wilson. 
Excelsior!